Well, good day, blessings, everyone. It is author Tammy Gilstrap with Arise Sleeping Giant. You can also follow me on Anchor at Writer for God. I wanted to bring a little quick message to you today that I was working on titled Knowledge and Understanding. You know, the Bible tells us that in all of our getting, let us get understanding. That is found in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7. You know, we've heard this quoted many times. We've repeated it ourselves. You know, it's very popular. However, sometimes getting the understanding that we need is overlooked, and we really don't think about it a lot, or we just plain ignore it sometimes. You know, we are so consumed nowadays with getting knowledge that we tend to overlook, uh, and mostly because of the time factor, because we are so focused on gaining knowledge that we kind of forget the all importance of the understanding that goes along with that knowledge as well. You know, we are bombarded today by knowledge everywhere we turn, everywhere you see. You can learn about things that we never knew existed, mostly due to the invention of the internet, right? Oh, and Google, of course. <laughs> we can ask Google anything, right? You know, you don't even need to read to yourself anymore. You don't even need to read for yourself anymore because there's an app for that. You know, um, Google will tell you anything you need to know and read it for you as well. Isn't that just amazing how knowledge has increased? You know, long gone are the days, you know, when we had just the old, uh, you know, pagers or the big old bulky cell phones that, you know, that looked like a house phone you were toting around. <laughs> I was like, whoops, I better be quiet. I'm kind of telling my age there. Anyway, we can surely see that increase compared to 20 years ago, right? Or even last week for that matter, you know. All one has to do is just look at the tremendous advancements that we've made, even in computing power. And we'd have to conclude that, yes, knowledge and technology are rapidly increasing. Even if we buy a phone today or a computer, most of the times before we can even learn it, you know, uh, it's practically obsolete. I mean, the amount of knowledge is just tremendous, you know, so there is no doubt that knowledge has increased. You know, the go-to scripture that is usually quoted or cited for that is usually uh, is found in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, and it says, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end, or would be better translated, the end of the age. For it says, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Now, however, this particular verse that is, we usually, like I say, it's usually quoted or cited to refer to the time of knowledge being increased to the time of the end of time, or better translated, the end of the age. But, however, this really refers more to the knowledge of God that will be more prevalent during the time of the Great Tribulation. There'll be the knowledge of God will increase or spiritual knowledge will increase during that time rather than physical knowledge. That's what this was referring to. We can see Revelation chapter 22 and verse 10 for the explanation of this right here of Daniel chapter 12 verse 4. That is a fascinating and a great study as well. Um, now, what do I mean when I say the end of the age, that it would be tra better translated the end of the age? Well, remember that God said that there is a time and a season for everything under the sun, right? Well, there is. There is a time frame for everything. And since Yeshua 
left here the first time since he ascended and went back to his father to sit at the right hand of the father who is making intercession for us right even now that we have been living in the end of this age and what age is that the age of the gentiles of course yes god has an appointed time for the gentiles to come into or be grafted into the family of God. Remember that what we are grafted into the vine of Yeshua, right? For he has set a time limit on that also. So we need to understand that. So that, that is the age that he is referring to here. Or as most people say, the end of the world or the end of times. But it would be better put the end of the age. And beloved, we are fast approaching that time. And we should be getting the oil in our lamps even as we speak. Now, let's look at Psalm 111, verse 10, that says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all of those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Oh, man. So we see here that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And those who do his commandments, what? Have a good understanding so this is key we need to fear him we need to have a healthy reverent fear of him we need to be following his commandments so that we can gain understanding of what of him of who he is of what his will is of what he expects from us and what we need to be doing for him while we're awaiting the return of our messiah right so and his praise endures forever amen now, knowledge is something that we accumulate through learning, right? Understanding is something that we know because we have experienced it, because we have practiced it, because it, we have put it into use, all right? So, because we have lived through it, we have direct experience, which what? Gives us understanding, you know, we should give more importance to the things that we have learned by experiencing them rather than just book, book knowledge, you know, just learning. Now, can you have knowledge without understanding? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> just look at some of the things that we're subject to today. Some of the foolishness, you know, some of the stuff that people say and do that just absolutely makes no sense whatsoever. And you will see knowledge without understanding in full action, right? I'm sure that you have experienced this at least once. You know, knowledge without understanding is meaningless. Or at the very least, it's much less meaningful, right? And further than that, we need to be careful because at times, having knowledge without understanding can be detrimental, not only to us, but to society as a whole. And boy, do we see some of that and some of the laws that we have now that they expect everybody to go by and follow and the, some of the things that they're putting into practice that absolutely goes against things that we believe. Now, that is knowledge without understanding, right? And it is detrimental to society as a whole. Now, John chapter 3, verse 9 says... Yeshua says himself to Nicodemus, 
Now, we have to remember that Nicodemus is what? He is a teacher. He is a ruler of the Jews. He said, um, and he, of all people, should have a working knowledge of the scriptures. Yet, even in this situation, we see that he is without understanding. You see, he has plenty of knowledge, right? Of course he does. He's a rabbi. He's a teacher. But he has no understanding. So, Yeshua tells Nicodemus that a man must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, what? How can these things be? He said, can a man return again to his mother's womb and be born again? And Yeshua, of course, I'm sure he's frustrated this time. Yeshua answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and you do not understand these things? He said, truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you did not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who has descended from heaven. He's talking about himself, the Son of Man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He's speaking of his crucifixion. So that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. So in other words, he's tell, telling Nicodemus here, here you are, a teacher of the people, and you cannot understand earthly things. How are you going to understand heavenly things, even if I told them to you? So here we see a man who has all the knowledge that he needs, but he lacks understanding, right? To go along with that knowledge, which equals what? Wisdom. So this knowledge and understanding um, needs to go along with our spiritual life, probably more so than in the natural realm, because we can't even begin to understand God's word if we don't what? First acknowledge him for who he is, right? We must acknowledge God for who he is. And who is he? He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. Now, how do we even begin to gain knowledge of these things? Well, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of knowledge. But a fool despises wisdom and instructions. That's in Proverbs 1 and 7. Oh, my, my, my. How many times... Have we run into some foolish people? How many times have we been fools ourselves? And how many times have we acted a fool? You know, I have quite a few times. I bet at least a few people popped into your mind right then, didn't they? <laughs> if you want to be truthful about it. You know, that foolishness is the result of a person misusing the intelligence that God has given them. Yes, God gives us intelligence. And we can see how uh, people acting out, um, you know, uninformed, acting out intelligence without understanding is, is not cool at all. You know, we must be very careful with the things that we say and do. And we must be very careful with that word as well. You know, we can't just run around flippantly calling people fools. You know, the, the Lord got me with that one day. I was um, saying something and it come out of my mouth about somebody being a fool. And it just quickened in my spirit. You know, be careful, you know, what you say. And then he showed me what that meant. And he said, be careful what you say because I'm watching after your words to perform them. Also, 
he showed me what that meant. Unless they are truly a person who denies the existence of God through their actions. Oh my gosh, what did I just say? A person who denies the existence of God through their actions. We don't need to uh, label them a fool unless they are a person who denies the existence of God through their actions. And first of all, they're going to speak it out of their mouth, right? And then they're going to act upon it. Now, I know that's heavy stuff, but hey, we need to know these things in order to please our Father in heaven, right? We need to know what we're talking about. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean that we need to fear God to begin with? You know, a lot of people wonder why, you know, we need to fear God because they say that, you know, he's only a God of love. He's not a God of judgment. You know, why do you need to fear him? And well, um, that's foolish talk right there. Because first of all, you need to go back and, and go back to the beginning and read about God and who he is and understand that he is, yes, he is a loving God, he is a loving Father, but he's also a righteous judge as well. Now, we don't need to fear our God in the sense that he's going to strike us with the lightning or something, but as a matter of truth, he can do that if he wanted to. He's God, he can do anything, you know, but he's talking about, this is a reverence and an awe of God. Do you ever just stand in awe of God? I do. You know, we need to be in awe in the knowledge that he alone possesses the only power that is able to destroy both the body and the soul. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Yeshua, he is speaking here to his disciples and he's what? He's sending them out, okay? And he's telling them what he says to them is very profound because he tells them, do not fear what man can do to them, but fear God who has the power to destroy the soul. Remember that Yeshua was what? Sending them out as lambs to the slaughter, as lambs to the wolves, they were going out amongst the wolves, okay? And he knew that the wolves would try to devour them. And he said, he telling them to don't fear what men can do to them, but fear God who has the power to destroy the soul. In other words, keep on task. Keep on mark. Hit your mark. Go and do what I'm sending you to do. You see, our God, Elohim, is the only one who possesses the power the right and the authority to destroy the soul. Many times we inadvertently give that right to Satan when he really, in reality, does not possess it. Only the Creator possesses that power. Yes, Satan has power, and yes, he has authority. Why? Because he was created with it. You know, it was not taken from him. He just chose to use it to rebel and to do wickedness instead of using it for its intended purposes, which was what? To bring God glory. Remember, he wanted to be God. He wanted to be like the creator. You see, Satan cannot create anything. He only mimics everything the creator does in order to give the illusion. See, he's playing a big magic trick here. He's in order to give the illusion that he is greater than his creator. But 
we already know the end result of that. We already read the result of his first rebellion, right? And we know who is mightier, oh man, and it's not him. See, even our adversary, Satan, who is the enemy of God, therefore he's our enemy, he has to gain access through permission, either from us or our creator. All we need to do is read the story of Job to know this is true, right? So, now we understand that we must have a reverent awe and wonder or a healthy fear of God, our creator. This fear is the beginning of knowledge, that we acknowledge him, that he is God and we are not. Amen. That what? He is Alpha and Omega. He is beginning and the ending. So, beloved, in all of our getting, let us get understanding. And why do we need that understanding? So that we may prove what is that good and acceptable will of our Father in heaven. And so that we can walk out that here on earth with our heads held high and our Creator well pleased. Amen. And so I hope that this has helped you today. Just a little short word study that I was um, thinking about the other day. And I wanted to put it together um, and bring in just a quick little thing to maybe it helps you out some today. And I hope that it did. And uh, let us just pray real quick for um, knowledge, and understanding, and wisdom. Father, we just come before your throne of grace in the name of your Son, Yeshua. We thank you, first of all, that you are the giver of all things. You give us uh, knowledge. You give us understanding, which equals your wisdom. Father, we thank you now for knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Thank you for opening our minds to receive not only knowledge, but understanding, which will equal wisdom to help us to walk out the things that you've given us to do here on earth while we still have yet time to work, Father, while it is still daylight, Father. We thank you now and give you all glory, honor, and praise. We thank you as we await the return of your Son and our Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. We give you all glory, honor, and praise in his name, in Yeshua's name. All men and all men. So I hope you've enjoyed this uh, little message today and stay tuned for uh, something good coming up next and do look up my book Arise Sleeping Giant Your Slumber is Over on Amazon.com you can uh, actually download it for 10 bucks I'm telling you it is so full of meat and so full of truth it will have you reeling and your mind will be working definitely you will gain knowledge you will gain understanding and you will definitely gain wisdom so until next time beloved many blessings to you and shalom